Chapter 9. Welcome to Warlocks and Workouts. In the last chapter, you fought against the sorceress Zenith in her jungle chamber. After destroying her red flowers, you escaped with her gem scale and found a path back to the central chamber of Mohau. There, you use Grisman's key to enter a new door. Now you're in a narrow stone staircase that angles down sharply. Small lanterns disappear around a twist in the stairs, like a series of candles in a library. You prepare to jog down using butt kicks in three, two, one, go. You descend the staircase using butt kicks. One, two, one, two. You hear your footsteps echoing off the walls as you move down, down, down the stone steps. You pass lanterns glowing in niches in the wall and pass the remnants of forgotten rotting tapestries. Before long, a massive stone hall comes into view, large enough for some ancient ruler to host a thousand-man feast. Above a floor of red and white marble tiles, granite pillars stretch up to a stone ceiling covered in ancient carvings. You see light flickering at the end of the hall as you reach the bottom of the stairs. You prepare to switch to a jog in three, two, one, go. You jog across the tiled floor. One, two, one, two. You get a better view of the end of the hall and see huge chunks of granite have fallen across the exit. A small gap between the largest chunk blazes with light, and you can just hear the clink of tools reverberating in the distance. Even with your new boots, your footsteps echo on the tiles as you jog across the hall toward the light. Thick curtains of spiderwebs hang between the pillars, but there's something else. A shimmer in the air just ahead catches your eye. You squint and make out thin wires crisscrossing the hall at neck height. Three, two, one, break. You come to a stop and test the wire with your thumb. It's sharp enough to cut skin. You prepare to sneak under the wires with squat walks in three, two, one, go. You squat down and begin walking safely beneath the wires. One and two. One and two. You make sure to keep holding your squat low and stick to the white tiles as you advance through the hall. One thing you've learned from this spire's damn temple is the danger of anything even remotely red. 20 seconds. As you squat, you get a better look at the ceiling. The carvings far overhead are of warriors on horseback battling on what looks like a massive snake, its scales shimmering like pearls. A few more feet of squat walks and you'll be through the wires. Five, four, three, two, one, break. You catch your breath and look around. Some of the pillars are adorned with long flowing tapestries sewn with the same red and white as the floor tiles. They flutter as a gentle wind sweeps through the hall, accompanied by a distant boom of metal striking metal. It's coming from up ahead. You prepare to squat walk under the next set of wires. Three, two, one, go. You drop to a squat hold, then slowly walk beneath the wires. One and two. One and two. As you duck beneath trip wires, you stare at the deep, dark shadows behind the pillars. So far, you're alone, and given your current situation, you're hoping it stays that way. 20 seconds. The mosaic floor is steadily filling with red tiles. They start around the edges, then creep in to cover the hall up ahead, like the original builders ran out of materials halfway through construction. The web of razor wires end on a single white tile. Beyond it, 
the tiles in the hall become almost entirely red. You angle towards the last white tile and take a rest in three, two, one, break. You carefully step onto the tile and stand. There's hundreds of feet of red tiles ahead of you, and beyond that, another patch of white tiles. You fish a coin from your satchel and toss it onto a red tile a few feet away. There's a small delay, a click, and a long blade slashes upward from a gap in the floor. You should be able to make it past these tiles if you're quick. You prepare to sprint in three, two, one, go. You sprint across the tiles, one, two, one, two, taking deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. Tiles click underfoot, blades slash out behind you, whipping upward from between the tiles. You hear gears grinding in the stone floor, and then the high twang of springs unwinding all around you. 10 seconds. All your focus is on the patch of white just ahead. You pump your arms and rocket past the last of the red tiles. Three, two, one, break. You skid to a stop on the white tiles, almost catching yourself on new wires glinting in the gloom. These crisscross the chamber at sharper angles, overlapping where they have been secured to the stone pillars near the walls. You take a deep breath in as you think. Getting through will require more ducking and dodging, but you're pretty sure you can see a safe way through the other side by sticking to the middle. You prepare to resume squat walks in three, two, one, go. You begin your squat walks beneath the wires. One and two. One and two. Each step is slow and controlled and your hips never raise above knee height. A gust of air sweeps in from the end of the hall and all around you the tapestries along the walls billow out. You see holes behind them and in the holes the nasty glints of arrowheads. This whole room is rigged. You approach the last of the white tiles. Up ahead is an ocean of red. As you exit from the web of wires, you prepare to switch to sprints in three, two, one, go. You sprint across the line of red tiles. One, two, one, two. Mechanisms click beneath your feet and the tapestry to your right flutters as arrows fire from hidden holes in the wall. They zip by, close enough for you to feel the wind on your skin. 15 seconds. More hidden traps grind and clunk underneath the floor, and a circular blade whips past, almost catching your boots. You take deep breaths and pump your arms. Faster! Five, four, three, two, one, break. You catch your breath on a white tile and take a drink of water. You're almost halfway across the huge hall now, and the closer you get to the end, the louder the beating of metal grows. You squint into the dim light ahead of you. No more metallic glint of razor wire. Unfortunately, the mosaic up ahead is nothing but red tiles, like someone spilled a big bucket of paint across the floor. The next safe section is on the far side of that big patch of red, with no way to sneak around safely. You shake out your arms and legs and prepare to sprint in three, two, one, go. A red tile clicks underfoot as you sprint out onto the red tiles. One, two, one, two. Machinery whirs. You're prepared to dodge an arrow or blade, but instead, a whole section of floor ahead begins to split, revealing a deep pit lined with spikes and the skeleton of an unlucky adventurer. 10 seconds. You keep your footsteps light, focusing on making it over the spinning floor before you're tipped into the spikes. You leap to safety in three, two, one, break. You catch your breath and shake out your legs. Behind you, the red tiles tip sideways until they're vertical, then slowly rotate back to their original position. 
the bones of an adventurer are once again concealed in darkness. The marble floor up ahead is in bad shape. Huge sections of red and white tiles have collapsed into the mines beneath the chamber, leaving deep, jagged pits. You chart your next sprint to a white tile and prepare to run in three, two, one, go. You sprint across the maze of tiles, one, two, one, two, feeling mechanisms click and whir underfoot. The tiles all along the hall ahead of you begin to tip in a cascade, revealing metal spikes at the bottom of the pit below. 15 seconds. It doesn't look like you'll be able to clear this section in time. As the tile tilts sideways, you feel yourself slipping. You prepare to hang from the tile in a right side plank. Three, two, one, go. You hang from the tile in a right side plank as it locks into position at 90 degrees. Your leg is extended upwards, hooked as tightly as you can around the old red tile. The deep pit yawns below, and you shiver at the sight of all those rusty spikes. 15 seconds. You hear clunking in the floor and feel hidden mechanisms grind together. The tile begins to rotate back to a horizontal position, and you prepare to stand and sprint in three, two, one, go. You race across the room, feeling the clicks of tiles. One, two, one, two. You hear gears clank, and all the red tiles begin to rotate to the left. Once again, you see the pit beneath reveal itself and the shadowy silhouettes of rusted spikes inside. 15 seconds. Your boots fly across the floor, but it's clear you won't be able to make it in time. As you feel yourself slipping off the tilting tile, you prepare to switch to a left side plank. Three, two, one, go. You hang off the edge of the tile in a left side plank. Your right leg is up and you're securely latched to the marble. The tile spins slowly onto its side and clicks into place. 20 seconds. As you hang over the pit, you hear dull clunks echoing from below. It sounds like steel pounding against rock. The tile is rotating again, returning you to the surface. You take a deep breath in, then prepare to sprint across to the next patch of red tiles. Three, two, one, go. You leap to your feet and sprint down the hall. One, two, one, two. The light is just ahead, but every tile is either already spinning or crumbling into pieces as you pass. 15 seconds. The stretch of white tiles ahead of you is close, but the red tiles you're running across are once again tipping you into the darkness. You prepare to switch to a right side plank one last time, only feet away from safety. Three, two, one, go. You hang tight to the lip of the marble with your left leg up and your core tight. This is the final time you'll be doing this. You're certain of it. You dig the toes of your boots into worn ridges in the marble as the tile turns completely sideways. 15 seconds. Gears clunk and the section of floor stops spinning. There's a few seconds of pause, then the floor reverses direction. You feel yourself rotate back to ground level in three, two, one, break. You scramble off the red tile and onto secure white marble, then stand and take a drink. Behind you, the red tiles click back into place, ready for their next victim. Hopefully you'll be able to find another, less deadly route out of these catacombs. The hallway is almost blocked up ahead by big, jagged chunks of stone, but there's a gap in the center of the blockage big enough to slip through. Lantern light glows through that gap, and as you approach, the sound of clanking steel and whirring machinery grows until it drowns out your own footsteps. You peer through the gaps and see the biggest hall yet. It's hundreds of yards long and almost as wide, and packed with machinery and mining equipment. The hall looks like it's been demolished. 
Pillars lie toppled against the walls, and the floor has been pulverized with deep pits excavated out of the tiled floor. You prepare to ease through the gap using right side lunges in three, two, one, go. You squat low and right side lunge through the space between the fallen stones. One and two. One and two. As you slip through, you get a better view of the room on the far side of the rocks. Demolished is right. Every spare bit of space is taken up with mining equipment. Towering cranes dangle chains into the pits, and massive corkscrew drills driven by cranks and gears eat into the floor. You get through the last of the rocks in three, two, one, break. You catch your breath and take in the scene. Little figures scurry around the cranes, winding handles and testing ropes. You frown. It seems like everywhere you go, you find more goblins. Steel clanks as a massive chain winds up from the largest pit, lifting something heavy out of the darkness. There's a fallen pillar close by that looks like a good place to hide and plan your next move. You prepare to use lunges to sneak across the room in three, two, one, go. You lunge towards the fallen pillar, one and two, one and two. You squint into the shadows, trying to keep track of all the goblins. Aside from the squad operating the crane, you spot two goblins that'll cause trouble. 15 seconds. The nearest one is patrolling the hall about 50 yards away, but its back is turned. The other is sitting on a barrel near the scaffolding, focused on playing with a crossbow. Both are between you and the pit. Three, two, one, break. You sneak behind the statue and catch your breath. This place is a crumbling ruin. Massive chunks of granite have been carved out of the left wall and replaced with a rickety two-story scaffolding of rotten planks and badly knotted ropes. A watchtower sits at the top, swaying back and forth in reaction to the rumbling of the machinery. The nearest goblin is still looking the other way, and you prepare to sneak up on it using lunges in three, two, one, go. You sneak toward the goblin guard, sinking deep down into each lunge while keeping your back straight. One and two. One and two. None of the other goblins have spotted you yet, and you'd like to keep it that way. Fifteen seconds. The goblin ahead of you is distracted, buffing its long, sharp claws on its armor. Fighting will make too much noise, so you prepare a quieter option. You prepare to pin it down with a low plank. Five, four, three, two, one, go. You jump on the goblin and hold it down using a low, tight plank. The goblin's club clatters on the floor, but the noise of machinery drowns it out. It wriggles and tries to claw, but you hold your core tight and pinch at the base of the goblin's neck, looking for the vital sleeper nerve, friend of thieves everywhere. Your fingertips find the nerve and you gently squeeze. The goblin grows weaker, then finally goes limp and starts to snore. Three, two, one, break. You leave the unconscious goblin and duck behind a broken pillar, getting a better view of the main pit. The goblins turning the winch on the big crane are losing energy, and a voice booms through the hall. This is no time for weakness. Faster, faster. You can't see whoever's speaking, but they sound human. 
and they sound huge. The goblin sitting on the barrel is still focused on its crossbow. You prepare to use lunges to sneak towards it in three, two, one, go. As you lunge toward the goblin at the barrel, a massive figure, almost square with muscles, comes into view. One and two. One and two. He's wearing a warlock's robe, torn at the shoulders to reveal impossibly thick arms covered with glowing tattoos. He stomps around the goblins, bellowing orders and idly flicking a long, chained whip with a nasty-looking blade at its tip. It cracks with a shing. There's a few overturned crates near the goblin guard where you can catch your breath. You duck behind them in three, two, one, break. You rest behind the crates and grab a drink of water. The warlock stalks back and forth irritably. He lashes his whip blade, striking sparks from the stone floor. The big winch looks like it's jammed, and whatever the goblins are lifting out of the depths is stuck half out of the pit. Get it working, the warlock growls. The goblin still has its back to you, still on the barrel, watching its companions work. You resume lunges in three, two, one, go. You lunge towards the guard. One and two. One and two. All the guard's attention is on the goblins trying to unjam the winch. One of the goblins kicks the device, and the gears unspool, dropping the payload back into the pit. You incompetent fool! The warlock bellows. He grabs the goblin with one shovel-sized hand and tosses it into the pit, then casually grabs the unraveling chain. You hear metal straining as it jerks to a sudden stop. Fifteen seconds. The warlock's tattoos blaze as the goblins rush to the winch. I need all these bones up by dawn. You reach the guard on the barrel and prepare to subdue it with a low plank. In three, two, one, go. The goblin guard squeaks in surprise as you knock it off the barrel to the ground. You begin a low plank to hold it down, but it's already wriggling. It tries to break free, slamming its head back into your face and sending stars exploding across your vision. You keep your core tight and grab for the sleeper nerve in its neck. Fifteen seconds. You get a grip on the nerve and pinch it gently. The goblin's angry flailing begins to slow, and in a few seconds, it flops to the ground, snoring. Three, two, one, break. You stand up, take a drink, and roll the sleeping guard into shadow. The remaining goblins working on the crane winch sweat nervously as the burly warlock stomps in a circle around them, his tirade growing louder. This summoning better be worth it, he growls. As the warlock turns, he reaches into a pouch at his hip and pulls out a glowing red gem scale. The second he touches it, his tattoos blaze and the gem glows ruby red. It seems like a waste to give up such power he says, then carefully replaces it and buckles the pouch closed. You need that scale, but how to get close? You take a better look at the scaffolding. The watchtower at the peak is right next to the chains hanging from the main crane. If the warlock stays put, you'll be able to shimmy down and snatch the scale without him noticing. You spot movement in the watchtower. It looks like a goblin carrying a crossbow. You'll have to put it to sleep too. You prepare to ladder climb up the scaffolding in three, two, one, go. 
You scale the scaffolding with fast, quiet ladder climbs. One, two, one, two. You make sure to keep your back straight as you climb. The goblins below you are all working hard, cranking the winch slowly but surely. The warlock looms over them, just feet from the edge of the pit. You see the goblin in the watchtower leaning out the window to get a better view, like it's waiting for some more violent entertainment. You're almost up to the first story. Three, two, one, break. You catch your breath on the first level of the scaffolding. It's been bolted precariously into the old pillars around the edge of the room, and you hear wood creaking under your weight. This is what happens when you hire goblins, you figure. The only way to the guard in the watchtower is by crossing a thin section of scaffolding, then climbing a rope to the second story. You prepare to perform left side lunges along the wooden boards in three, two, one, go. You left side lunge out onto the boards, keeping your center of gravity low and balanced. One and two. One and two. This section of scaffold must have been built thin for little goblin feet because it's only a few inches wide and sagging under your weight. A wooden board splinters beneath your boots, but the noise is lost beneath the clanging of chains and pulleys. Solid scaffolding is only a couple steps away. You keep your slow and steady rhythm as you approach safety. Three, two, one, break. You stand up on more solid flooring and catch your breath. Above you is a length of hanging rope leading up to the top level of the scaffolding where the goblin with the crossbow is keeping watch. You carefully secure the base of the rope to a loose board to keep it from swinging too much. Then, after testing that it'll hold your weight, you prepare to ascend using ladder climbs. Three, two, one, go. You ladder climb up the rope. One, two, one, two. The rope is slippery with tar, but you maintain your rhythm and keep going. None of the goblins have looked up yet. They're all too concerned with winding the massive winches and hauling their prize up out of the dark. As you near the top, you see the goblin with the crossbow squinting at the excavations below, like it's trying to figure out where all its buddies have gone. Almost at the top. Three, two, one, break. You stand up on the scaffolding and grab a drink. The goblin in the watchtower hasn't noticed you yet. It's just a few paces ahead, squinting down into the chamber with its crossbow raised. Far below, the warlock turns his back to the pit, at least we're on schedule, he growls. Unlike Rahulio and his ridiculous toys. And where in the six cells has Zenith got to? You prepare to creep across the scaffolding towards the goblin using side lunges. Three, two, one, go. You side lunge across the rickety scaffolding toward the watchtower, hearing wood bend and groan as it takes your weight. One and two. One and two. The guard is still facing away from you, but you don't like the way its finger rests on its crossbow trigger. Far below, the crane groans, gears clanking as the goblins winch their prize out of the gloom. A plank cracks under your foot. The goblin guard spins, eyes wide. You prepare to switch into a low plank sleeper hold. Three, two, one, go. You take the guard to the ground with a low plank, the goblin's crossbow goes off with a high twang, and the bolt whistles past your face, embedding itself in the boards behind you. You find the sleeper nerve and pinch as the goblin kicks beneath your weight. It drives its fists up into your chest, but you keep a firm hold. 
Its anger is drowned out by the clunking of machinery below, until finally, its eyes roll back in its head and it starts to snore. Three, two, one, break. Far below, the goblins finish winching their prize out of the pit. It's a massive bone, like a vertebrae from a dead giant's spine. You move to the edge of the watchtower, just as the crane's chain shudders to a halt next to you. Directly below you is the warlock. His back is to the hole, and his pouch is in reach. If you can get down to the bone. You prepare to descend the chain using ladder climbs in three, two, one, go. You ladder climb down the chains, using your hands and feet to keep a safe grip. One, two, one, two. When you glance down, you see the goblins have completely dispersed, leaving the warlock alone. 15 seconds. The chain is slippery with grease, but you grit your teeth and keep climbing, making sure to keep your core tight and your back straight. You can just make out a faint red glow between the stitching and the warlock's pouch. The bone is just below you. Three, two, one, break. You take a break, quickly dropping flat on your stomach, making yourself as small as possible. The warlock is standing right on the edge of the pit, only a few feet away, but you can't quite reach the pouch with the gem scale inside without risking falling off the edge of the massive bone. You prepare to lie on your stomach and perform a Superman extension to stretch across the gap and grab the gem. Three, two, one, go. You stretch out in your Superman extension, reaching for the warlock's pouch. He's still looking away, winding the long chains of his whip blade in loops. The bone swings beneath you as you loosen the buckle on the leather pouch and slip your fingers under the flap. The warlock still hasn't looked around. Sweat runs down your nose as you reach inside, finding the edges of the gem scale. Ten seconds. You get a grip on the gem, quietly slip it out, and soundlessly place it in your satchel. Three, two, one, done. Just as you stand, there's a shriek of alarm from a goblin. The warlock turns and squints down at you from between bushy eyebrows. What's this? How dare you, runt? You think you can challenge the mighty heave? The goblins reappear out of the shadows, carrying crossbows. The warlock holds up one meaty hand. Stand up and face me, coward! The warlock is twice your size. It'd be madness to fight him. He sees the hesitation in your eyes and growls. As I thought, you're not worthy of living in Vostok's empire. He flicks his whip blade. You duck as the blade slices through the metal lashed to the bone. You hear chain links shattering above you, and your stomach jumps into your mouth. The tinkle of gem scales in your satchel rings through the chamber as you and the huge vertebrae begin to drop. The warlock's eyes widen at the sound. He slaps the empty pouch at his waist. No! Then you and the massive bone you were standing on tumble into the pit. You turn end over end helplessly, then feel your leg tangling in a loop of rope hanging from a section of scaffolding. The rope cinches tight with a vroom, and you jerk to a stop. Seconds later, you hear a chorus of straining ropes as the huge vertebrae tears into the scaffolding below and shudders to a stop. From far above comes a roar. This isn't the last you'll see of me, you thief! You feel the rope around your leg beginning to slip and take a breath in. Then you fall into the depths. End of chapter 9